If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 135 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on April 3rd, 2022. We have made it, guys. Opening day is this week, four days away. On Thursday, Yanks versus Sox in the Bronx. Let's freaking go! <laughs> the 2022 season is upon us. And if you can't tell, I am over the moon. <laughs> so, the season is upon us. And as this podcast nears being officially three years old in just about a month or so, give or take, I near my fourth season of coverage as well here on Yapping Yankees. I covered all of 2019 with the exception of April and a chunk of May, all of 2020, all of 2021, and now the 2022 season is arriving. So fourth season of coverage here on Yapping Yankees, and who knows what the future holds, but maybe we'll have a fifth year next year for 2023, depending on what happens with, well, life. (laughs) But anyways, as this shortened spring training comes to a close, some more things from this past week happened, obviously. Got some more content with Joey Gallo, and him going around creating some more comedy. (laughs) Although this week, I just... I genuinely just didn't have the time to gather clips like I did last week, so my apologies. But it's the same kind of fun crap like last week's clips with him, so... (laughs) Uh, Seve had, by far, his best Grapefruit League start yesterday of spring training, which he was originally in doubt for because he had some arm soreness earlier in the week, which, given his injury history the last three years or so, naturally... Had all of us going, ah, for the love of God, here we go again. (laughs) But he made his start, and he did a great job. Judge continues to do well. Stanton's done well. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has looked really good, as does Josh Donaldson. Kyle Higashioka, I mean, (laughs) two more home runs yesterday, now totaling seven heading into today. I mean, my God, like I said last week, you're the guy this year, Higgy, so please save some for the regular season. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Speaking of Higgy and catching, though, by the way, I should mention that also yesterday, the Yankees did make another trade within a week of opening day for some more catching depth, which I certainly have no issue with, considering I myself have made a big stink over the fact that I feel that catching is still a position they need a great deal of help with, so to hate on this would be kind of (laughs) hypocritical. And, of course, while I prefer to Stallings or a Mitch Garver, at least they're freaking acknowledging the position, I guess. You gotta give them that much. 
So they traded the once high-rated prospect, Albert Abreu, who had no minor league options left, which definitely, I'm sure, played a factor in this trade. And he did also have his command issues. I mean, he, he just really had trouble locating a lot of the time, but maybe he'll put it all together someday. Hard-throwing right-hander, decent stuff, particularly the fastball. Just used to be thrown 100 miles an hour at times. But he just really hasn't had much of anything positive in the majors. So Albert and also 2021 draft pick left-handed pitcher Robert Alstrom back to Texas. And in return from Texas, the Yankees are receiving Jose Trevino. So obviously the Yanks did get Rortvet as a backup for Hagee. That's probably what you're wondering. Well, what's going to happen to Rortvet now? But he's still working his way back from his oblique issue. So obviously, as I was saying last week, the Yanks could have afforded to have more catching depth, which they're getting in Trevino. Another defense first guy, and he can defend. Top-notch pitch framer, which is what he's most known for, and just a terrific all-around defensive catcher, really defense-oriented, which, like I've said, after all these years of Gary, I, I, I can't say I take issue with at all valuing defense behind the plate after all these years of putting up with all that. <laughs> as much as I'd like a catcher who can hit two in a perfect world, and Trevino, I'll just say right now, he cannot hit. Just can't. That's one thing about him. And Rortvit, also defense-oriented, he hasn't proved that he can hit in the majors either, so they can't hit. But fantastic defenders. And when it comes to offense, obviously Higashioka is just looking like Mickey Mantle in spring training so far. But <laughs> I'm glad, though, that they seem to have a few guys now who can really play defense behind the plate at the very least, because it's important at catching that they can catch. <laughs> and like I said, offensive production, I mean, unless Higgy continues on this current spring training path, unless he continues on that path, the Yanks likely aren't going to get much production offensively from the catching position this year. Like, at all. <laughs> so I'll be upfront about that, but... I mean, at least there's something to make up for it in defense because it's very important with catching because, I mean, not to keep crapping on Gary Sanchez, but since 2018, really, for the most part, I mean, Gary did have his moments where he produced offensively, and when he was hot, I mean, he was hot. But, I mean, since 2018, really, because the second half of 2016 when he came up and all of 2017, he was killer at the plate. But since 18, for the most part, I mean, especially when he was cold with the bat, amidst his extremely streaky times, when he went cold, he went North Pole cold. I mean, you and at that point, you were getting neither, offense or defense. So, at least now, you have Higgy. I mean, if he can put up something offensively, he'll get some offensive production. And then you have Rortvet and Trevino. We'll definitely see more of Trevino, especially as Rortvet continues to work his way back from his oblique issue. But... You have those guys now who are defense-oriented. Higgy's good defensively. So, very a lot of defense behind the plate now. You like that. So, Trevino, more depth. He can help out and back up Higgy now with Rortvit working his way back. And like Rortvit, he also, I should mention this, as opposed to Albert Abreu, for instance, he also has minor league options left in case they ever want to send either of them down. So, again... While I would have rathered a better overall catcher, like I said earlier in the offseason, including offensively, I don't mind this trade, I guess. And if nothing else, I don't take issue with getting a really good defensive catcher. 
because I've, I've been bitching for years about that, about wanting a good defensive catcher. And now the Yankees have three of them, even though two of those guys can't hit. I mean, Trevino, again, can't hit. Rortvet is yet to prove himself with the bat in the majors, but the defense is there. And that has value to me, especially, like I said, not to keep crapping on Gary, but especially after dealing with him defensively for these last few years. If you're not going to give me offense, then give me some damn fine defense, which Trevino will give. And I know how few catchers are out there, as I've said in the past, that can do it all. It's a rare quality these days, so it is what it is. I don't have a problem with this at all. Trevino to the Yanks for Alstrom and most notably Albert Abreu, who was once a highly rated prospect for the Yankees, but amidst his his lack of success in the majors, kind of took a bit of a hit there. But if he can get his stuff under control, he could be a force to be reckoned with because he's a hard thrower. He's got a slider in his arsenal, and he was even learning to change up or even had a change up already, I believe. So if he gets that stuff under control, if he finds his command and control, he could be threatening someday. But if not and he continues on this path, and the Yankees get a solid defensive-oriented catcher, it'll work out for the Yankees. Uh, A couple other announcements from this past week. Uh, The Yanks announced that they're going to be honoring Jeter on September 9th at the stadium. Always love that. You're never going to hear me take issue with honoring Derek freaking Jeter. (laughs) They're going to give him a night where they celebrate his Hall of Fame induction, as they should. It's my freaking boy. He got elected to the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Uh Derek's my freaking boy, man. And that's one of the only ones by bias, admittedly, and extremely comes out for. Derek Jeter. (laughs) It's the only time my bias rears its head when it comes to anything pertaining to Jeter, so you'll just have to deal with it. (laughs) But I'm looking very forward to the ninth. I cannot wait to finally see Derek Jeter back in Yankee Stadium and being honored. Definitely, I would assume, has some more time on his hands since he's no longer with the Marlins. So I'm definitely looking extremely forward to that. Um, oh, one more thing from this past week that had everyone up in arms that I wanted to briefly touch on today, and I hate touching on this because obviously, and you'll hear the subject in a second when I'm done yapping over here, but I'm just so over this subject. I really am. I'm done talking about it, but it got everybody so up in arms this past week, and it was such a splash in the media. I just feel like I have to bring it up, unfortunately, but Cashman made more comments on the Astros cheating scandal to the media this past week when he was asked his thoughts on the Yankees' World Series drought the last 13 years, since 2009. And pennant drought, too, to be honest. I mean, you might forget, but they haven't even been to the World Series either since 2009. Don't forget. So, World Series drought and pennant drought, both of them. But when he gave his thoughts on it, he more or less said, and I'm paraphrasing, that the only reason that they didn't do it all was because the Astros cheated. Now, you all know how livid the cheating made me. And I still look back on it with a sense of anger. Don't get me wrong. Although it's inevitably died down a bit due to time passing. You know, time does its thing. And I, I But I still look back on it with anger. I do. What Yankee fan doesn't? What fan of any fan base that was affected by it looks back on it and doesn't feel at least a little bit of anger even to this day? But, and I'm sorry if you disagree, but this comment by Cashman is just silly. Now, you may be surprised to hear me say that, and I am not in any way, by the way, I am not in any way condoning what the Astros did. If you've been a follower of mine for a while, 
You know I never would. Or anyone else who did such a scandal. And there are the whispers about the letter that Major League Baseball has the last couple of years stating that the Yankees did a similar scheme to that of the Astros, relaying signs in live time. I mentioned it on this show when it first became a thing back in the summer of 2020 when we were still waiting for baseball to come back when the virus was brand new. And there's been whispers of this letter being unsealed soon and blah, 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 blah. Some say it reveals that. Some say it's harmless. And it hasn't been unsealed, so I've found no need to talk about it over the course of the last couple of weeks. And until it is unsealed and there is proof of such claims, like with anything else, it's a non-starter for a conversation for me. But if the Yanks did do such a thing, my point is, I'd sure as hell blast them too. I'm no hypocrite. I am as objective as they come. Except with Jeter. (laughs) But back to my main point. I would never condone what the Astros did, and I would never condone it with anyone else if they actively performed a similar scheme to that of the Astros, including my own team. I would blast the hell out of them if it was revealed that they did anything remotely similar to that. But Cashman still sounds dumb here, and in complete denial of reality, to be honest. As if there weren't plenty of chances after 2017, all the way to now, for the team to perform up to its potential and make a run at things. Or for him to make proper improvements to the team along the way up until now. And not only in that series in itself could the Yanks have done more scoring in Houston, so they maybe could have won a game there, of course they lost all four there and got all of their three wins here in New York, but they could have afforded to score more over there in Houston which even the sign-stealing didn't affect. That only enhanced the Houston hitters to know what pitches were coming, which is a huge advantage, again. But did it affect the Yankee hitters at all? I mean, maybe mentally, if they had already known what was going on, maybe it got into their heads. But otherwise, if they didn't know, then no! Not at all did it affect them. It only gave the Houston hitters an advantage because they knew what pitch was coming. And I'm not just downplaying that. Of course, it's an enormous advantage. I'm just making the argument, does it affect the Yankee hitters? No. So not only could they have scored more in Houston in reality, and maybe stolen a game there, in which would have given them the series win if the three wins at Yankee Stadium still applied, but also, by the way, who said it was a guarantee that they would have been able to take the Dodgers in the World Series after that? I don't recall there being a guarantee that they'd beat the Dodgers, whose team has been crazy good for years now, with the title to go along with it in 2020, and a team for the ages heading into this season, for instance. Who said beating them that year was a guarantee? So, no, I don't agree with Cashman's take at all. And quite frankly, I think it's a lazy one. A lazy one that majorly exonerates himself of the blame of the Yankees' World Series drought since 2009. I know you're not going to win a title every single year, obviously, no matter who you are, no matter what team you are, and no matter what your payroll is. You're not going to win every year. I get that. And I may have high expectations for my team because they're the New York freaking Yankees. But this seemingly being the reason in his mind, like the reason for this pennant and World Series drought... Lame, Brian. Lame. 
Do better, my guy. Cheating scandal affected a lot of people and gave an ungodly advantage to the Astros over their opponents and was completely wrong and inexcusable. No one is denying that. But to say that that's basically the only reason for this drought since 2009 and use that as an excuse and that that's the only thing that prevented a championship since then as if the team couldn't have done a better job in Houston offensively and as if you didn't have another crazy good opponent to take down in the World Series after that honestly and not even accounting for the rest of the other years you came up short come on man lazy take well, I see what he was trying to go for, and it could be spun the wrong way. I just don't agree with that thought process, that opinion. Especially when his own mismanagement of the money over the years, for instance, particularly since 2009, has also majorly contributed in a lot of ways to said drought. So sorry, Brian, I just don't agree. I'm telling it the way that I see it. I'm no homer. If you're 100% a homer and view everything subjectively and you can't see past those Yankee blinders you have on, and I know there are plenty of my fellow Yankee fans who unfortunately are like that, well, I got news for you if you're like that. And if you're new here and you just stumbled across this show or stumbled across me, period, like on social media or anything of the like, and you're one of those people with the homer blinders on, I am not the fellow fan for you And this is not the podcast for you. Because I hold everyone accountable, my team or not. Regardless of my unending love for the Yankees, and it is unending. But I've said that for years. I'm objective. Always try to be as objective as possible, no matter the subject. And that's always the way it's going to be. So I just don't agree with Brian here. I just don't. All right, enough of that crap. (laughs) We've got the 2022 season to get amped about, my friends. We're sitting here talking about that cheating scandal still. (laughs) And I wonder, I do wonder, by the way, how the Yanks are going to set the final 28-man roster. And they did deem that there will be an expanded 28-man because of spring training being shortened. That was to be expected. So the Yanks are basically still deciding on whether to go with 15 pitchers and 13 hitters starting in bench combined, obviously, which would give them extra bench pieces, or to go 16 pitchers to help carry the load a bit with the shortened spring for pitchers and provide more support for the arms, and 12 hitters, which would take away a bench piece, obviously. And like I said last week, I, I like the Yankees' depth pieces. I think Marwin Gonzalez has definitely earned a spot. He's hit very well this spring, and he can play the outfield and infield. Six or seven positions total, I believe, which is crazy valuable. Castro, although I like Inciarte's defense and speed, is also really fast, but does provide more versatility, even though he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat, Castro being. And he did get a major league deal, which Inciarte did not, so I, I think it's safe to say that he'll get the spot over Inciarte, LeCastro being. And I guess Trevino now will get the other spot backing up Hagee, and then we'll have to see how they play it once Wartford is ready. But I think that's what'll be with the bench, now that I'm just going through it. And I do think they'll end up going with 16 pitchers. I mean, they've really alluded to that a lot, but 
let's see. They've they've got Rizzo, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Donaldson, Glaber, DJ, and Marwin for the infield. That's six. And it's going to be rotating going on there, as we've said. Higgy and Trevino for catching. That's eight. Gallo, Judge, Stanton, Hicks, LeCastro, if I had to guess, for the outfield, slash DH in the case of Stanton, or they could be rotating the DH throughout the infield. It's going to be a lot of rotating going on, but that's the five for the outfield that makes 13. And then there are only 15 left, actually, for the pitchers. You got five at the starters Cole, Sevy, Monty, Tyone, and Nestor. That'll be the starting rotation, I'm pretty sure. That makes 18. Then you have the relievers, Michael King, Lucas Litke, Wandy Peralta, Joely Rodriguez, Clay Holmes, and the back three. Britain's not there. He's on the IL. So it's Green, Loisga, Chapman. I think that's eight. <laughs> so you have 26 in that case. And then I guess I guess in that case you'd have two more spots. You put more pitchers in there. I think I've heard them say Marinaccio would probably be there. And probably not. Probably not heel since they, they view him as more of a starter. But I assume they would call on him right away if needed. Maybe uh, Banuelos, maybe. That would make 28. And so maybe they will go 13 hitters, 15 pitchers. But but again, they may go 16 pitchers and 12 hitters, which again will make them lose a bench piece. But we'll see what they go with. And obviously no Oswaldo Cabrera, Oswald Peraza, or Estevan Florial, at least to start the year, since they were optioned back to the minors last Sunday, but we'll see. So that would be... So yeah, it's a 28-man roster, and those would be the names running down. And yeah, I'm pretty sure they'd be 28. It's just a matter of whether they go with 16 pitchers and 12 hitters, or 15 pitchers and 13 hitters, which would give them that extra bench piece, of course. Probably because of shortened spring training, it, it would be... A surprise to me if they don't go with 16 pitchers. I would imagine that Boone and them would want the pitchers to have as much support as possible since they didn't have their usual preparation time in spring training, but we'll see what they do. Now, for the rest of the show, for the rest of the show today, guys, we're going to do what I've done for the week heading into opening day for years now. It's kind of turned into a yapping Yankees tradition where we give our hot takes for the team, for certain players, whatever you want, for the upcoming season. So this week, with the social media segment, with four days to go until opening day, this week's social media segment is to simply give me your hot takes for the 2022 season. So let's get right into it, starting on Twitter. Hot takes. My hot take real quick, I kind of have a couple. I'll first go with Garrett Cole. And I say that I think he is going to be determined as hell to bounce back from that wild card embarrassment. So much so that he is going to win 20 games and win the Cy Young. Particularly since he's, I imagine, passed his hamstring injury, which is when his stats truly took a hit last year. Not after the spider tack crap, which a lot of people attribute that to. And yeah, he may not have been quite as sharp as he was with it, but look at his stats between when all that came out up to his hamstring injury. They were still solid. It was really post-hamstring injury reveal that he started to struggle a lot more if you really dive into the numbers and the time that everything took place. 
But anyways, I do think that he's going to bounce back to that extreme of a degree. I really do. And I'm going to repeat what I've said about Judge and Stanton. I said last year about Judge in particularly that he would play 140-plus games and hit 40-plus bombs. And I nailed the games, and I missed by one on the home runs because he hit 39. So I basically got that. And at the time, heading into last season, that was the boldest of predictions with Judge after having had long-term injuries three years in a row prior to when last season started. So I really believed in him. He came through for me, had a kick-ass season, and I'm going to predict the same for him this year. And I'll even bump it up a little bit. I'll say 145-plus games, so he'll stay healthy again, and 45-plus bombs. And for Stanton, I'll say I'll say 140-plus, and at least 40 home runs. I'll go with that. So I, I guess it's similar to my judge prediction from last year. And each of them... I say we'll have over 100 RBIs. So those are my hot takes with Garrett Cole, Judge, and Stanton. Let's hear some of your hot takes. We'll start on Twitter, and since we are already like about 25 minutes into this episode, and I've just been so busy lately, guys, I'm just so tired, I gotta tell you. (laughs) Depending on how I feel throughout this segment, I'm probably only gonna read like 10 or so of them. For the hot takes, and then I'll read a few over on Instagram, and then that'll be it for the day. But before we get going, as usual, guys, quick reminder to please follow me on all social medias if you do not already. Find me on Facebook. My fan page is Mike Scudero NY. On Twitter, at Mike Scudero. And on Instagram, at Mike Scuds 97 Please be sure to subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms that it is available on. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave a like below if you're listening on YouTube, and leave a review on all the others and show your usual love, guys. I would really, really appreciate it. You guys are already so awesome as it is. Make yourselves even more awesome and show your love. (laughs) All right, let's get going with these hot takes on social media heading into the 2022 season. I want to hear them. I'm really looking forward to what some of you guys are going to be predicting. Let's start with Rob at Laker477 on Twitter. We'll try to get through as many as we can here. Rob says, I'm so pumped for the season to begin. My takes for 2022 are Judge will have a monster year after signing a contract extension. Both Gallo and DJ LeMahieu will bounce back and put up big numbers. And the Yankees will win their 28th championship. Hmm. It's a lot of pressure. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of the Judge extension, we spoke about that at length last week and what it could even be, and the fact that Cashman and the Yankees basically said that there would be at least an offer before opening day. Have not heard anything on that front with opening day just four days away now, and with my luck, it'll probably be offered tonight, right after I upload the show, (laughs) and then I'll have to wait till next week to cover it. But we'll see what happens. So if that holds true, then we will be seeing an extension offer before we talk next Sunday. So... We'll see if that extension still happens. If not, then they've still got an arbitration salary to settle on because that hasn't even been settled on yet. That was from when the Yankees were offering $17 million and the and Judge was asking for $21 million, so we'll see what happens with that. Gallo and DJ, yeah, Gallo overall, you know, especially with the home runs, wasn't terrible last year, just throughout the whole year, but with the Yankees in the second half, definitely was, was nothing to go nuts about. 
<laughs> and I'm putting that nicely. So hopefully he does bounce back when he's here for a full season. See what he could do here with a full season under his belt. And DJ, I definitely think that depending on how much time he gets to play, of course, and that's going to majorly depend on how they rotate around the infield with DHing, who gets a day off. God forbid if someone gets hurt. We spoke about all of that last week as well. But I definitely think he'll have himself a fine season as well. Especially if the injury that he had, the sports hernia injury that he had, that was spoken about towards the end of the season, was the main reason why he had a bit of a down year last year. And of course, that injury was taken care of over the offseason when he had surgery for it. So if that was the main reason, he should bounce back. So I agree with that. And the Yankees winning a 28th title. That's bold. I don't know about that. But... <laughs> Listen, I, I've predicted them to win for a bunch of years in a row, and I've been constantly disappointed. So maybe the one year that I'm not, I still think they'll make the playoffs, but I'm just not sure how far, how far they'll go in it. But maybe the one year that I'm not necessarily for sure predicting them to win it all, maybe this will finally be the year that they actually will. Who the hell knows? Sometimes life likes to play jokes on us <laughs> like that. All right, next we have, those are good predictions, Rob. Next, we have Spencer at Musician DMD, and Spencer says, Aaron Hicks will prove the doubters wrong and have an exceptionally productive season. The return to second base will correspond with the return of Glaber Torres' 2018-like hitting abilities. Luizaga, all-star selection. Judge will have an MVP-like season. And the Yankees win the AL East. Well, the only year that the Yankees have won the East in the last bunch of years was 2019, of course, when that injury-ridden team actually managed to win 103 games. So maybe that'll happen again. Who knows? It'd be lovely to win the division again and not have to, to worry about wild card antics or any of that crap. That'd certainly be nice. Aaron Hicks proving doubters wrong. Now, I'm, I'm definitely a doubter, and I think it's plenty valid to be a doubter of Aaron Hicks. I mean... After the last bunch of years having to do with his health, I think it's plenty fair to doubt the guy. We have plenty to go on here, especially pertaining to 2020 and 2021. Because 2019, we saw some pretty good production, especially defensively before his Tommy John surgery. That was still when he was an awesome defender out there in center field. But he's got a lot to prove coming into this season. That the defense can pick up again. The defenses looked pretty good in spring training. It looked good when he was playing winter ball from what I heard. I'm I'm still not too big on him offensively, so he's got a lot to prove. And of course, more over anything, the fact that he could stay healthy. Got to prove that more than anything. Glaber looking more comfortable at second base. Yeah, he's definitely already looked better throughout spring training with the return to second base, so hopefully that holds up heading into the season. And when it comes to them just believing that he could be a backup shortstop. This was also an issue this past week that I also addressed on Twitter. Got a lot of attention because, I mean, hello, it's true. <laughs> they just, the Yankees seem to have this idea that Gleyber Torres can work as a backup shortstop. You know, he won't be there often, but on the rare times that he is, he'll do fine. He can handle it, whatever. But the couple of times that he's back up at shortstop, the couple of times that he has backed up at shortstop this spring, he's, he's already made mistakes over there. I mean, just the other day, a crucial mistake of his led to a three-run homer later that inning. And you could already see how visibly uncomfortable he is at that position. And the fact that he came up as a shortstop, just a constant reminder of that, just makes it even more bizarre. You just wonder, how could this guy be as uncomfortable at that position as he is? He came up as a shortstop. 
And he's mentioned tons of times in the past. I mean, there are people that mention a Twitch stream that he had and many other times. You could just tell from his body language, if nothing else. He's just, he just doesn't want anything to do with shortstop. So why they think he would work even as a backup is beyond me. It's just been proven so much at this point that it just doesn't work. It's been proven so much to the point that it is obnoxious. And I'm even more angry about it on a personal level because going into last season when he was deemed the everyday shortstop, I was one of the main believers in Glaber Torres that he could go to shortstop after being at second base mostly. And that was the position that he came up at and it's natural for him and it'll be okay. He'll learn it. He'll work hard at it. Of course, last year it ended up being a complete unmitigated disaster, as we know. And now it's been more than proven that it just doesn't work, even if it's as a backup. But whenever he's at second base, it's so obvious how much more comfortable he is. He's got to stay there. And if he does, then maybe we will see the return of 2018-like hitting Glaber. Maybe we will. And I hope we do. Because like I said, a large part of the 2021 Yankees underperforming offensively were guys like DJ and Glaber underperforming. Guys who in 2019, for instance, kicked ass. So, guys like that, even in the prior reply, DJ putting up better numbers, very important for the lineup, big catalyst, whether you like it or not. Glaber Torres bouncing back, that would be huge if you could get some good defense at second base and just have his bat return. It would be great. I love the Loisaga All-Star selection. I would definitely agree with that, especially because last year, with the 2021 season, that Loazaga put up, he definitely got snubbed for the All-Star game last year. No doubt about it. So him actually being dubbed an All-Star this year would be really nice. Judge having an MVP-like season? I mean, it's pretty safe to say I agree with that with my prior predictions. And like I already said before, winning the division would be a beautiful thing. So I have to agree with that. Oh, wait. There's a trade that just popped up on my phone. Hold on. Oh, damn, this literally just happened now <laughs> at the time I'm recording. I'm recording around 1230 in the afternoon right now before the game even starts. And a Yankees and Mets trade. What the hell? <laughs> what happened here? The Yankees acquire Miguel Castro from the Mets for Joely Rodriguez. Wow. So not only did a trade go down in general, but there's a Yankees and Mets trade. That's a rare one. That does not happen often. So exchanging bullpen pieces, Miguel Castro for Joely Rodriguez. So huh. scratch that when I was going through the rosters before and I included Joely. <laughs> I guess you could have Miguel Castro take his place. Wow. So Joely Rodriguez is a Met and Miguel Castro is a Yankee, and we've actually seen him in the division in the past. He pitched for the Orioles. So now he's a Yankee. Hmm. How do I feel about this? Obviously, Joely did have a pretty good second half when he was brought over here from Texas along with Joey Gallo last year. Um, He's great at getting lefties out. He's terrific at that. Very efficient at that. Really struggles getting righties out. Really has a tough time with that. So... And sometimes he really, he just makes me nervous a lot. I, I don't know why. <laughs> you ever have a pitcher sometimes that just, whether it be bullpen or start, he just really makes you nervous. 
especially when he's facing people who you know he's not good against, like especially in the case when Joelle would face a right-handed hitter. I don't know. It just got me really nervous. So I don't think Joelle did bad for the Yankees necessarily in 2021 in the second half of the season, but I'm okay with him going, I guess. I will miss the ability to get lefties out, though, because he was, he was really good at that. That's just factually true. And Miguel Castro, he's had an iffy ERA some years. I know he's had ERAs in the fours some years, but um, but when it comes to Miguel, from what I've seen from him through the years, I mean, he's got an electrifying 98-mile-per-hour two-seam fastball that just sweeps across the plate, so that's really good. And he's even got a really nice slider. I know that about him. But what I've seen from him in the past is that he does have he does have locating issues sometimes. Like, he could be wild. So if you get that under control, he's an electrifying arm out there in the bullpen. I like that a lot. But if he continues to be wild, he, he, he does throw a lot of innings. He threw amongst the most innings in the Mets' bullpen after they got him. So he's, he's reliable. But you just got to get his pitches under control a bit because he... His fastball can be a bit wild. His slider can be a bit wild. Throws hard. The stuff moves beautifully. So if he's on on a certain night, then you're not going to touch him. But if he can't locate, then it's actually going to be a pretty easy time for the hitters. So, I don't know. It just seems like a routine bullpen exchange. I mean, welcome to Miguel Castro. Welcome to the Yankees. Uh, I just didn't really expect this. I didn't expect a bullpen exchange at all at this point in time, especially between the Yankees and the Mets. (laughs) It's really out of the blue. Wow. Yeah, it just came through just now. I swear. Miguel Castro for Joely Rodriguez. Well, thank you, Joely Rodriguez, for everything, I guess. And uh, welcome to Miguel Castro. And I hope that they could keep his pitches under control because if they can, if they could really get his fastball and his slider under control, then Miguel Castro is actually, he has a chance to be really good out of that bullpen. He really does. Because his stuff itself, the fastball, the slider... Uh, the movement and the velocity i mean those are there they've always been there for him but it's just you got to you got to get him to get his location under control a bit and if you do that you're going to unlock a really good bullpen arm so wow that literally just came through another uh another live reaction per se even though it's a pre-taped show of course but <laughs> another thing happening during the show And that's happened plenty of times here in the three-year history of Yapping Yankees, as we know. We're 15 episodes away from 150 damn episodes, and we've had plenty of instances where crazy things happen just right during the time that I'm recording, and you could hear like a a live sort of a reaction from me right when I'm recording. And this is another instance today. It's happened more times than I care to count or even think of. That's funny. You know what trade I'd like to come across on my phone right now? I'd love to hear that the Yankees got Frankie Montes, maybe. That'd be beautiful. Especially after the news that is heading to San Diego as if they need any more pitching over there. I mean, for the love of God. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with this. It's whatever. But, oh my God. Yeah, that was another thing. Manaya going to the Padres. Another one that the Yankees were reportedly in on with the A's alongside Frankie Montes. And nothing has happened with adding to the rotation, which I'm frustrated about because, you know, I was talking about needs a catcher last week, and and I, I've always been talking about for the last few weeks now how much I would love for the Yankees to add to the rotation after they were reportedly in on so many different people, including Manaya and Montes, and now Manaya's traded. That's done with, I assume. And 
I don't know. The thing with Montes is still just sitting there. Nothing's really happening. And the A's just continue to give people away. As I believe their payroll is like barely over $30 million now. Which certain single players make more than. <laughs> oh my god. I'd love to get that trade on my phone right now. Yankees trading for Montes somehow. And we've spoken about in past weeks what trades could possibly come across for that. But that won't happen. So, I, I just doubt that'll happen. I'm fine with the Miguel Castro trade. It's whatever. But, on the subject of pitching, the area that I really would have liked to see improvement on, and maybe it'll still happen, who knows, but I, I just really would prefer the starting rotation. We could really still use an addition mid to upper end of the rotation just because of the risk that still lies within the rotation. But that doesn't seem to be happening. So, I don't know, just a little frustrating, I guess. Just on the subject of pitching, that just sort of came to my mind, I guess. Whatever. All right, who did we just who did we just read? <laughs> I don't even remember. I think we left off with Spencer. <clears throat> All right, so Next up, let's do at Laura underscore Icemont. My friend Laura says, Judge will be extended before opening day. Right, so another Judge extension prediction. Higgy will hit at least 20 home runs. DJ and Glaber will have bounce back seasons. And I don't know who, but I have a good feeling that someone on this team will win a gold glove. Hmm. All right. More judge extending predictions. Higgy hitting at least 20 home runs. <laughs> well, if he continues what he's done in spring training, I don't see why not. <laughs> of course, you know, spring training doesn't mean anything, but uh, you hope it continues into the regular season because that's when it does count. So hopefully he does. That'd be awesome. DJ and Glaber having bounced back seasons. That was another reply that said that. I believe that was Rob that said DJ. And then Spencer that said, that said Glaber, I think. And someone winning a gold glove. Yeah, I mean, if someone does, maybe like Anthony Rizzo. Okay, Anthony Rizzo can definitely still win a gold glove. Isaiah Kiner Falefa, maybe. I don't really think Donaldson will. Maybe uh, Gallo could very well win one. Judge can win one. I think Judge got snubbed this past offseason. Uh, yeah. I think there could definitely be a variety of gold gloves. Maybe more than one. We'll see. Those are good predictions. At Yankee Ken says, Kiner Falefa has a DJ LeMayhew season, and the fans clamor for Cashman to sign him to an extension. Hey, man, I hope so. <laughs> I may have had my reservations about that Yankees-Twins trade, but like I said, I still hope that Donaldson and Kiner Falefa do as good as they possibly can for the Yankees. They're Yankees now, so I'm going to root for them. And I want them to do well. And Kiner Falefa's looked really good in spring training already, as I said earlier, too. So, if that continues into the regular season, then and he does that well, at least until Peraza and or Volpe are ready, a couple of guys who they're clearly waiting for, which is why they did not, or a major reason why, at least, because there's more than one, as to why they didn't, you know, just blast the bank open for a Correa or a Story. So, um, yeah, hopefully he does do that well, and... If he does, then people are obviously going to want him to stick around. All right, next, let's do Rebecca at Peace Now for Life. And Rebecca says, I'm looking forward to a fantastic season. My hot takes, 
Cole wins the AL Cy Young, and Judge and Stanton each hit 40-plus home runs. The Yankees will win the 2022 World Series. All right, so your first part, outside of the World Series prediction, (laughs) that basically mirrors mine. Cole winning the Cy Young, I said that he would do that along with winning 20 games, and Judge and Stanton hitting 40-plus. I predicted 40-plus for Stanton, 45-plus for Judge, so seems we pretty much agree on that front, Rebecca. Next, we have at Joe the Third, and they say, The Bombers are better off than it looks. Still, the issues will be depth of pitching, and we will grow tired of Gallo walking back to the dugout. Well, yeah, I know a lot of people aren't fans of Gallo strikeouts, and neither am I to a certain degree, but uh, if you're already thinking that way, well, then just strap yourself in, because, you know, Gallo will do his good things, but he will also strike out a lot, so if you're not ready for that, I recommend you get ready. <laughs> and, yeah, the pitching... <laughs> I was going on about that little bit of a rant before when the Miguel Castro news came out. Not that I had a problem with that individual trade, but it just got me thinking of how unhappy I am that at least up to this point, I don't know what's going to happen going forward, but I doubt at this point they're going to do much of anything to address it. But it got me thinking about how unhappy I am that really nothing was done with the starting rotation despite the risk of injury all throughout it. I mean, we don't know what's going to be with Tyone. He missed a chunk of September a chunk of the end of the season last year when he was dealing with his ankle problems, right after he had an iconic stretch there throughout the middle of the season when he was a top pitcher in the the American League there for a while, if you remember. Obviously, you have Garrett Cole, who had the hamstring issues. You assume those are done with, but you never know. You can never be too careful. And of course, look at the risk attached to Severino, who hasn't pitched a full, full season since 2018 and hasn't started a game, period, since 2019. So there's a lot of risk here. You would have liked to get some more insurance there. Add, add another name or two, like a Montes or a Manaya, who is now dealt to San Diego. But Montes is still being held on to by the A's, at least for now. But, yeah. I mean, they do have plenty of other options, like Clark Schmidt, Michael King, and and, and Luis Heal they could call up if, if and when they send him back down to AAA. And he's not used as an option, at least maybe to start the year, because they have their starting rotation set it would be their starting five. And they wouldn't really, I don't believe they would keep him up here if he weren't being used as a starter, because I think they view him as more of a starter than anything. But, I mean, you do, my point is, you do have your your depth options, like Michael King, like Luis Heal. But even outside of that, you would have liked to get a solid, solid name out there like a Frankie Montes or even a Sean Manaya, who now is no longer an option, obviously. But it's just frustrating that they couldn't get even more depth outside of just a Michael King, a Clark Schmidt, a Luis Heal. I don't know. More of a, a sure thing, I guess, for lack of a better term. But yeah, while the depth is there, you would have liked more solid depth. A really good mid to upper rotation option there to really just back up Sevy and Tyone, guys who could possibly go through injury struggles this year and have in the past a great deal. So, I definitely understand with the with the fear of depth of pitching. I think we all would have liked to see the Yankees add a little bit in that area at least. But this is the hand we've been dealt. I don't know. They think they're really good with every facet of the team. We'll see what happens. I, I have my points of optimism for this season, and I have my points of pessimism, like everybody does, I think. And all of my pessimistic points are valid, I think. I mean, I've expressed them for weeks. Just go back and listen to the last bunch of episodes, going back to January, I think it's safe to say, maybe. But 
I think my criticisms and my fears are, I think they're valid. I do. And a lot of people have said they are. Obviously, I'm probably going to get my disagreements out there, as does everybody. But I, I definitely don't fault you for being a bit concerned about the pitching. Okay, up next, let us see. Tina at Mountain Gal 456. And Tina says, Judge will be extended and will be named captain. Hicks will have a surprisingly good and healthy year. Higgy will be a star. DJ will be DJ, consistently good. Cole will be on fire. And watch out for Seve. I hope all those come true. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people with the Judge extension, that's that seems to be prevalent throughout a lot of the Yankee community. So we'll see what happens there. And being named captain even. There was a possibility of that even being thrown around amongst people. Aaron Hicks having a surprisingly good and healthy year. I believe that was a take that Spencer had. That's a bold take. It's definitely bold, but I respect it. Hagee being a star. I mean, I hope he puts up decent offensive numbers at least. I don't know about a star, but hey, that'd be awesome. Hopefully DJ gets that good consistency back, definitely. Cole, well, I, I definitely agree with that bounce back to a humongous degree. And Seve, yeah, I hope, uh, I only hope for the best for Seve. The most important thing is that he stays healthy, because if he's out there, he'll, I think he'll put out at least decent numbers, but it has been a while for him. With starting, it has been, so that's bold as well. Next we have at Savage Empire Pod, and they say, my prediction is the Yanks will rely more on some of the kids this year because of injuries, like normal. We'll be a good team, and grab a starter at the deadline, maybe, for the playoff push, hopefully winning number 28. Well, it's not a completely ridiculous opinion to have, because as of the last few years, you know, injuries have resulted in them having to rely on kids some more, especially in 2019, and even a bit last year. So that's that's plenty fair, <laughs> and it is a likely possibility. Who knows? And maybe they will wait for the deadline, but hey, you know, I would have liked to see a Montes sort of thing happen now. I mean, maybe so, that sort of a thing with him or somebody else even will happen towards the deadline. Maybe. Hope it happens at some point. Especially if by at that point, there happens to be injuries in the rotation by then, which will then put an even stronger emphasis on the need for such a thing happening. Because you also don't know where the team will be at by then, come July. But, yeah, I mean, maybe. I hope there's a starter dealt at some point. Or dealt for. And hopefully winning number 28, yeah, I mean, it's what you hope for. At the mix, 71957 says, Yankees make the wild card and lose to the Red Sox. Boone gets fired, Cashman quits, and becomes the Pirates general manager. Hal sells the team to A-Rod and Jeter. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think that's a pipe dream for a lot of Yankee fans. Except for the making the wild card and losing to the Red Sox again part. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Boone getting fired, I, I doubt that happens either way, because they literally just extended him. <laughs> um, Cashman quitting? I mean, I think this is last year anyway, so maybe <laughs> if he were to walk away and become the Pirates GM? Oh my goodness, that that's just funny. And Hal selling the team, I, I've said it, again, I don't know how satire this is, but I, I, I've said it many times, I don't see Hal selling, I just... I do not, which is kind of upsetting for me in some ways because I am not a Hal guy, as many people know, but <laughs> I don't see it happening. Let's do another one or two more, I guess, and then we'll move on to Instagram and then end for today. At Gilly1086, he says, Higgy hits 260, 
25 home runs and 80 RBIs as the starting catcher this year. I would take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> Those kind of numbers out of Higgy between 20 and 30 home runs, hitting 260, 80 RBIs. Oh my God, I'd take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I really, really would. Especially if you get as good defense alongside that, and you get solid defense in the likes of Trevino, who even though he can't hit, you know, he'll do things with the bat here and there. He's not going to bat zero and have zero stats. He'll do things here and there. But if Higgy can put up some of those offensive numbers like that, and you could have overall great defense behind the plate, and those numbers just alone from Higgy, oh, give me right away. I will gladly take that. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, I think I did 10 on here. I, I think I'll stop there for the day. Thank you all so much on Twitter for your interactions. I love the hot takes. Some of them are really, really good. Some are bold, which I like to see. I like to see my brave fans out there making bold predictions. So, and I obviously couldn't get to all of them, because when can I ever? (laughs) There's so many of you. But thank you all so, so much for your interactions, as always. Let's read out a couple over on Instagram, and then we'll wrap up for today. I think today's been loaded with just a lot of fun discussion, lots of news from this past week, as we've had for weeks on end now, and just fun stuff today, like usual. All right, over on Instagram, same thing. Just give me those hot takes. We'll do maybe three or four on here. First up, we have official 52011, and they say, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa will lead the team in hits, and Torres will hit 25 home runs. All right, so hoping for a Glaber bounce back, and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, actually last year, he already had more hits than anybody on the Yankee team, so if he could do that again, that'd be more than welcomed, (laughs) especially if the hits mean something. And, you know, they're not done just in pointless situations, like in the bottom of the ninth when you're down by five with two outs and nobody on. (laughs) But listen, if they happen for the vast majority in important moments and they are, it's a big contribution to the team and he puts the bat on the ball, I mean, that's what the Yankees need. So I will be glad to have that from Isaiah Kiner for left. I would love that. And Glaber hitting at least 25 home runs. Just give me 2018 Glaber back, 2019 Glaber. He doesn't have to play out of his mind, which, of course, I would not be opposed to. But, I mean, just give me some semblance of the old Glaber Torres. I mean, that is just all I need. Some respectable defense at second base and just good overall gameplay. Looking as good at the plate as he has in plenty of moments throughout spring training so far. That's all I ask for. All right, last two, as always. First up is my girlfriend, Vic Salimo, and she says Judge will get extended, play the 2022 season fully healthy, and have one of the best, if not his best season yet, and help carry us to the World Series. It will be the year of Judge. I hope so. I mean, I I advocated for him to have another killer season, too. That would be great. I mean, if he could outdo 2017, that that would be... (laughs) That season would be God status. That would be God tier. It'd be absurd. I'd love that, but it would be absurd. (laughs) All right, and last but not least is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero. And my mom says, you know my love for baseball is a given, Mike, especially because I share it with you. Aw. Wholesome yapping Yankees moment alert. (laughs) My questions and my predictions may not be as awesome and great as so many of your listeners out there, but here goes. Do you think Judge and Stanton could pull off another amazing season, amazingly being in sync like last year? Because I do, and I think it'll happen again. Those two pulled off amazing things last year, especially Stanton down the stretch. I hope they never lose that ability to hit the ball into the next state. (laughs) 
The sound of the ball cracking when they hit it like that is the best. If only last year's team could have pulled off what those guys did to save so many games, we could have gone even further into the postseason. Looking forward to the season beginning. Oh, Mom, your stuff is as fine as anybody. (laughs) I love reading your replies, and I get compliments on them all the time. So, you are more than fine, but hey, I am very much with you when it comes to predicting Judge and Stanton doing amazing things yet again. I mean, it's not outrageous at all. And because of the behemoths they are, I mean, hey, I made a big deal about the sound of the crack of the bat with Stanton last week. I mean, the sound off their bats, those two giants, I mean, they're just so freaking strong. It's it's like it's like no other sound ever. Go ahead and find a better sound than when Judge and Stanton, especially in spring training with that extra echo effect with the sound when they hit the ball. I mean, like I said last week, go ahead and find a better sound than that. Good luck, because you won't. <laughs> so... I mean, I predicted another killer season for them both, too, so it is perfectly within reason to hope for another one and to predict another one, and I do think that they very well could. I mean, it's just a matter of health because, you know, if they stay healthy, and they did last year, and if they do stay healthy, then you got a good look at last year, what it could be like to have them both hitting on all cylinders in the same lineup at the same time and the amazing results that could come with that. And after Judge was struggling with injuries with the broken wrist in 2018, and after they both struggled with injuries in 19 and 20, you didn't really get to see much of that potential, them being in the same lineup together and just doing their thing together. It was just a fantasy for a while with the Yankee fans. Like, what could the lineup be like someday when those two are hitting on all cylinders, those two behemoths, and what could they do together with the power that they could put together? And we finally had that question answered last season. And that answer was a lot of fun. (laughs) So, if they stay healthy, you know what you're going to get out of them. And I believe in them like I did last year. Okay. So maybe not as many replies as I usually get to, but obviously, like usual, I'm not going to get to everybody, first of all. And second of all, I'm looking at the time we're already almost an hour in. So, listen, still good at length of an episode. Got through a good amount of hot takes over here. I loved hearing all of them. I assume I'll be hearing more and more as the weeks continue on, even beyond opening day. Oh my god, I cannot believe opening day is coming in four days, guys. I can't believe it. I'm so, so excited. We're actually finally getting baseball back after all the crap that we all had to endure the last few years overall. But even with just the nonsensical negotiations this past offseason with the lockout, all the emotional damage. (laughs) Oh my god, we actually get regular season baseball in just a few days. It is surreal to say and think about, but it is actually happening. And the excitement is just, it's really there now. I don't care how busy I'm going to be this upcoming this upcoming week and this upcoming season overall my, with my new job and everything like I've spoken about the last couple of weeks. I don't care. I'm going to find a way to still have the excitement be there as it always is. And it already is. I feel it building up already the way it does to start every single season. And I'm going to do my damnness to just tune into each and every game the way that I do every season to the best of my ability. Maybe I won't be able to stay up as late and watch completely all of the West Coast games. You know, that go until 3 a.m. sometimes they go to extra innings. Maybe I won't quite be able to do that anymore as much. But any other instance, really? I'll even probably just stay up and watch a regular West Coast game that goes regular length, about three hours or so. Go until 1 a.m., even if I have to be up early the next day because I'm crazy like that. So, <laughs> the Yankees are a chunk of my life. I 
Do not exaggerate when I say that. So, I am damn well going to do my absolute best to the utmost of my ability to just be as excited as I always am, despite how hectic my life is right now with my new job. And I do love the new job. I'm enjoying it right now, but it is busy. And, like, I haven't been able to watch as much spring training as usual, but that ain't going to happen with the regular season. I'm not letting it. (laughs) I'm watching it all. Even on Thursday, I'm going to find a way to stream it. I'm having a lot of trouble with the Yes app right now. I have to figure that out. But when I do get that under control, and that's going to be a a big mission of mine this coming week, to get that under control, and I'm going to watch opening day and, of course, every game to follow. And I cannot wait to just keep the discussion going here on this podcast, on social media, and everything, as I usually do throughout the duration of yet another baseball season, which is just around the corner. But with that being said, my lovely people, that is all for episode 135 of Yapping Yankees today. One last reminder, please, if you don't already, follow me on all social medias, Facebook fan page, Mike Scudero NY, Twitter, at Mike Scudero, Instagram, at Mike Scuds 97 and please be sure to subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on, guys. That is YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave a like below if you are listening on YouTube. Leave a review on any of the other three, regardless of what you're listening on, being Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And if you had the time, do not forget, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed if you have missed any. Episode 34 up to episode 135 today are available on YouTube. And all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, even going all the way back to the first episode three years ago, are available on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today here on Sunday, April 3rd. And I will talk to you next Sunday, April 10th. When I come at you with episode 136 of Yapping Yankees, when the season will have started and we will be fully engulfed in regular season discussion. I cannot freaking wait. (laughs) Until then, guys, hang in there. Be patient, which is going to be a very difficult thing for even me to do because of my excitement for this coming week. But please do be patient. Please stay safe. Look out for your loved ones. Enjoy opening day. Enjoy opening weekend and the remainder of your week, my friends. I will talk to you next Sunday. Take care.